0: Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil, and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolfe, and Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. Thanks for tuning in to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today on the program, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Francesca Manalfa about, is it immoral to be immortal? Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes,
1: I uh, I am a researcher at the University of Milan, uh, before I was a research university of Warwick and Ghent, and also before then I was a postdoc at University of Melbourne, so I have some
0: connection with Australia. Right, and what sort of um, topics are you interested with in philosophy? I do
1: mostly applied ethics and uh, especially bioethics. Um, I've been working on uh, cryonics, of course, uh, but I've uh, been working on uh, also human enhancement, um, discrimination based on physical appearance, which is called leukism, um conscientious objection to abortion, uh, academic freedom, um, abortion, so a variety of topics within applied uh, ethics.
0: Right. So uh, could you explain exactly what cryonics is? Yes, cryonics is um, a
1: procedure um, that involves um, preserving people at ultra-low uh, temperatures. Um, as it works in practice, um, I won't go into the details, but uh, the idea is that you can um, pause uh, or pretty much like slow down, almost stop, um, the deteriorating of the cells that happens when 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 we die so in order to prevent um the cells from uh, from getting destroyed um what happens that their bodies the bodies is put in uh, very cold uh, in nitrogen so like in nitrogen um that's what we do with embryos and um with um other organs like with with eggs and embryos uh, or sperm's uh when we do for, for instance uh, in vitro fertilization um because we know that cells at this very low temperature in liquid nitrogen um they, they don't they don't change. So the idea is that um so there is the, the procedure is quite complicated. It involves removing um the ice uh from uh, sorry <laughs> removing the blood from the veins and uh, replace it with a substance that doesn't freeze um and um Anyway, the the point is that the goal of this uh, cryonics is to um, um, stop the deteriorating of the body because the final goal is that of um, bringing back people to life in a future um, when we will have the technology to to bring them back. So uh, we have figured out the first part of cryonics, so we know how to put people in liquid nitrogen, preventing the, the cellular damage but we don't know how to um, restart their lives yet. So there are a few people, I think about 100, 200 people who are, who are cryopreserved at the moment around the world. But we don't have the technology yet um, that allows us to to bring them back. So in a sense, they're suspended and, and they're waiting. Also, it's very important that uh, at the moment we we bring them back uh, to life, we have the technology, the medical technology to cure what whatever diseases killed them in the first place. So if, for instance, they chose to have cryonics because they were dying of a cancer because they of that cancer, if we can't cure the cancer, uh, that, that killed them in the first place. there is really no point in um, in bringing them back to life. So um, we don't have the technology of curing these diseases yet, and we don't have the technology for um, reversing the cryonics process.
0: All right. So how long have the people actually been, been frozen? Um, I think there are people who have
1: been um, cryopreserved for, for uh, 40-50 years now, Uh, I don't remember exactly when was the first person to be cryopreserved, I think it's in the book, I really have that memory for this kind of thing, Um, but ideally uh, in theory you can keep people um, in liquid nitrogen um, for a very long time and I mean like hundreds or perhaps thousands of years, Um, so that's once the the body is uh is in liquid nitrogen um it doesn't really require a lot of maintenance uh, apart from refilling the, the liquid nitrogen um so and it's not really expensive to keep them in this uh, cryosuspended state so it can go it, the process can go on for 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 many centuries we think i mean we haven't tried yet but there is no particular reason to believe that um, it wouldn't work
0: what was it that inspired you to study cryonics?
1: Um, I had a few friends who had, um, um, who had decided to that they want to be cryopreserved uh, when they die. So I, I was interested in their decision to do that. And we had a lot of interesting conversations about why one should do that and what are the pros and cons and um, I thought it was very, one of the most interesting topics we, we, we used to discuss and I myself, I don't have um, an insurance to pay for cryonics and have no contract um, with a cryonics company and I don't know if I'm going to have one but I thought since I was I couldn't really make up my mind about this topic that it was a good idea to write a book on it and to To share what were my um, considerations about what what cryonics would be good for, and I think, um, and I think that the a lot of people who are against cryonics um, just don't have the type of personality that um, that is required in order to embark in such a strange and unusual project. So a lot of the objections i think come down to the question like oh isn't going to be awful to wake up in a future where you don't know anybody and all the people you used to know uh, are dead and um, the the world is completely different depending on you know when you you're you brought back to life it's in a century maybe still pretty similar but if it's 1000 years the world's probably going to be quite different um and these are uh, these are all serious considerations obviously um it would be scary for a lot of people to to do that um and and i think it's that's a good reason for those people not to do that but there are some people um who think that they have the right kind of personality for that that they will be able to establish new relationships to make new friends to adapt to the new world and um, to have a happy life and i think that for that kind of person crayon seems to be like a very good idea because i don't think there is anything good about dying or being and being dead um and death in general so this is something i discuss also in the book there are a couple of chapters about you know is death a good thing or is it death a bad thing and some people think that death is a good thing. That is one, this natural process that we have to go through. And, um, you know, we should, um, we should die to also because life would become unbearable and boring. And everything would be just a repetition of something we've seen before. Um, I don't share this view. I think that... Um, if we could not die at all or live for thousands of years, that would be much better than dying. Um, oh yeah, of course, like what is important also is that cryonics is should, when people are revived, the idea that there will also be technology not only to cure the disease that killed them in the first place, but also uh, to reverse um, aging. Because, of course, there is a limited lifespan that humans can have. So we don't know people can live up to 200 years, but definitely humans don't, can't live up to 1,000 years or more. Um, so there is also this other project, which is kind of in parallel with cryonics, that aims at reversing biological aging. Um, the idea is that we can turn back um, the biological clock of our body, of our cells so that we can live for much longer and um, and and don't age it. because I think that the reason why a lot of people want to die and think that dying is good is that they think of very long life as a life I lived as a very old person in which they don't have much energy in which they have a lot of illness which they can't do the things that used to make them happy as, I don't know, like hiking, uh, sports, um, traveling. Um, So if we imagine just a very long life in which we just become more and more decrepit, that doesn't sound appealing to anyone. But the idea is that um, in the future, and hopefully soon, we'll be able to to reverse aging. So we would end up living as a 20-year-old, as a 30-year-old, for thousands of years, and that to me is extremely appealing and attractive, and um, I would definitely sign up for that.
0: That's a really good point because our life expectancy now is longer than what it ever has been. Uh, so it, it's not uh, not a silly thing to think that in the future. You know, we could be living up to 150 or, or 200 years with all the advances in medical science. And, yeah, they're really good points about, you know, life being boring. Because some, sometimes it is. And you think, well, if if you could go back or go back or go forward to another period in life, it'd be so much more exciting, wouldn't it? It's sort of almost like um, life before people sort of traveled a lot and that was probably quite boring just staying in the one country but now that travel is so common and it's you know relatively inexpensive people can travel around and and have a much more exciting life than they used to can't they
1: yes exactly and again i think it depends a lot on the type of personality one has um, some people um, get bored very easily and need a lot of action and change in their life uh, in order to feel fulfilled and to feel like they're living a happy life. But other people really don't care much. They like to have uh, their habits and their group of friends and to do the same things over and over again. No lifestyle is better than the other. It's just a matter of uh, of difference. But definitely we can entertain ourselves way more than we we used to be, even without, you know, traveling. Um, there are so many movies. There are so many books um, that, that we can read and uh, activities we can engage in. Like there was no internet. Now we have the internet, which is an endless source of entertainment. Nobody's ever bored um, again, which I'm not sure is a good thing, but um, it's, it's, we have a, a life which is very very different from the life that uh, our ancestors or even people who were born uh you know a century ago um used, used to live and i think this is going to um to get even better in the future i think that um we will be able to for instance plug in a experience machine and uh, spend a lot of time um living in a virtual reality where we have um experiences and lives we could never imagine like you know you want to be napoleon um you can um, um you can use the experience machine to live as napoleon to live to have to, have, to spend time in that world or, you know, you want to live as a giraffe, you can you can try that as well. I mean, we can do that now, but I think it will be possible. So really the concerns about um, being bored or having a life that is not really worth living, if we can keep um, the strength and the energy uh, that we have when we are young, uh, I don't think that's really going to be a problem. Of course, it would be a problem if, you know, we had to live as very old people with not much, um, energy. And, uh, but if you, if you, if you, if you have this strength and this energy and the resources to, to live normally without even doing really extraordinary things, um, I think life could be pretty, pretty
0: good. Yeah. So what are some of the moral concerns with the medical procedure involved with cryonics?
1: Um, there are um I mean there are no particular like medical concerns so um the, the cryonics process can only start um when an individual is uh, declared legally dead. Um, so the person is technically already dead, so it can't really get much worse for them uh, at that point. so that's where cryonics starts. Um, so what happens that when you're um, declared legally dead? Um, your brain is still, I uh, still still doesn't start deteriorating for a few minutes. So if you can, um, after the legal death, start uh, pumping um, uh, this new liquid, start the process between the brain starts deteriorating, then you should be able to save the information which is stored in the brain. Now, we, of course, we can't be sure that it works. So in terms of like um, damage for the individual who is dying uh, at the moment, there is no really uh, no concern because the individual is is already dead. Of course, some people may suggest, well, it is better to speed up the cryonics process at a point where your body or your brain um, are still quite healthy. So for instance, if you... mm, if you know you have cancer and you know you're going to die within um a year uh, maybe it's best uh, not to wait uh, to be legally dead but um to speed up the process so you can start the cryonics process at a time where your body is still in in relatively good good shape and uh, the cancer has not destroyed parts of it um so that would um in, involve a process that um a colleague and i uh, we wrote a ta- um, an article on it and it's also part of the book called cryotanasia so formal euthanasia, which aims at um starting cryonics as soon as possible so instead of um instead of waiting where the pain becomes unbearable um when it happens with um with normal euthanasia, you um you want to really look at when the the body start deteriorating in a way that is not really reversible and we think that cryotanasia doesn't really have the the same ethical um doesn't really pose the same ethical issues uh, that um, normal euthanasia um, poses because um, the problem with euthanasia is a lot of people are against it because they say that euthanasia um, is like playing god. It's um, uh, about killing people. It's about shortening life. Um, it's about deciding where you live and when you die. But the goal of cryotanasia, um it's it's the opposite. Actually, um, the idea is that we want we want to intervene. To to preserve uh, as much of the body as possible to prevent death. So uh, with, with with cryotanasia, um, you would you wouldn't really uh, you couldn't really uh, you don't have the problem of shortening the lifespan. You're actually trying to do the opposite. You're not really killing people. You're really actually trying to save them. So I think that all the arguments against euthanasia don't really apply to to cryotanasia because. It has a completely different different goal. Um, no country I'm aware of ha- has allowed cryotanasia, but um, I think I think um, they should do. I think cryotanasia should be should be legalized. I mean, I'm also in favor of euthanasia, but um, we, especially so in the case of people who want to be cryopreserved.
0: Um, you mentioned before about um, cryonics being used to eggs and sperms and embryos, uh, is there any way that, for example, somebody who's having an abortion could actually have the embryo uh, frozen and perhaps sort of, you know, carry it sort of later in their lives?
1: Yeah, so we um, I also wrote a paper and it was like a chapter of the book is is about this. that. Um, At the moment, it's not really possible. So like when you get pregnant, um, you only have the option either to continue the pregnancy or to have the abortion and uh, people will post the abortion again, say that, um, you know, you're going to kill a potential uh, person or for some people that actually uh, a person or a child um that you know should never be allowed to kill another member of your species and so on and so forth um but i think that if we manage to use um cryonics to uh freeze um the embryos um that would really solve the problem because you could imagine the person get pregnant then the the embryo or early stage fetus is taken out of the womb and cryopreserved uh for as long as she wants maybe forever maybe she never wants to uh to reimplant it um in the uterus or in an artificial uterus maybe she wants to give it up for adoption so for people who can't have children of their own uh or maybe she wants to to leave it indefinitely in the mm, cryopreserved state um but that's different from from killing an embryo or a fetus and a lot of people uh, who have abortions don't have abortions because they don't want to have uh, a baby at all in the future. It's often because it's their wrong, the own wrong time to have a baby for them. Uh, on other occasions, they have an abortion because the fetus has um, a genetic condition that is not really compatible with life or with a good life. So they prefer to have an abortion and try again to have a, um, a healthy fetus. But again, since medicine and technology evolve so quickly and we're doing so much progress, if these um, embryos or fetuses with congenital diseases were cryopreserved, um, we could wait for the moment when the technology that can fix their, their disease is available and then uh, fix it and replant it. Um, that I'm aware of, nobody really discussed the possibility of removing a fetus or an embryo uh, from a pregnant uh, woman. I guess it's very complicated, but um, I'm also surprised that nobody ever really even considered the possibility of doing that. So I would really love if he asked some scientists actually started um, seeing. Uh, like looking into that and see if it were possible because again i think it would solve a lot of problems with abortion um, and and i think it would be like a great opportunity for women who actually don't really want to, um, to, to kill that embryo fetus they, they just want to postpone or to wait for the moment where the fetus uh, is healthy of course there will still be women who just want to have an abortion they just you know perhaps they have been raped and they just don't want that that fetus to um, to continue their pregnancy so I think you know it doesn't solve all the problems and abortion should still be available but I think that for a lot of cases um, when that's not the case that the woman just really wants them an abortion um, this alternative um this cryoabortion would be a a much better alternative.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly would. You'd you'd sort of have more of a choice in the matter. How much does it cost um, to undergo cryonics at the moment? Um, The cost
1: really varies a lot um, according to the company people uh, want to use and whether they want to um cryopreserve only their heads or only their body because there are two main options with cryonics uh, you can cryopreserve the whole body and uh, you can cryopreserve um only your your head and i mean mostly like the brain which is a relevant part um, so, if you with some companies, the full price for the full body is about uh, I think 150,000. Um, that's also in the books. Sorry, I really have bad memories for um, or around 200. Sorry, um, and for other companies, you think you can pay just like 20, 30,000 for only the head. It really depends. There are like three, four companies at the moment. Uh, one in Russia, one in the U.S., and one in Switzerland. Um, I think that's it uh, So it really depends on the company also like for with some companies you can set aside um, a little little um, insurance or mm, Some savings for when you come back to life with other companies that's not involved also that mm, some companies cover um, the um, the expenses for um, uh, moving the body for the place where you die to the place where the uh, cryopreservation company is based so for instance you die in uh, in europe and but you have a <clears throat> an agreement with a, an american cryopreservation company that's going to be a very expensive uh so for some company that's included now so it depends on what you want in your in your in your package um so the main difference i was saying is between uh, preserving just the the head or the whole body people who preserve just the head um think that that's gonna be enough because in the future we'll be able to have um body transplant so to be able to use um to to, to connect a head to a different body or to have a body um which is um, sort of like non-carbon base, more like a robot, um, and you connect to the head or um, another hypothesis that we will be able to upload uh, the content of our brain. So all our memories and experiences and uh, psychological features, we'll be able to upload them on a computer, so to live in a simulated the simulation, a simulated reality, and or to interact um, through connecting this program to um, a system of output and input. So, like you know, a robot. Um, we we don't know whether it will be possible, but it's it's something people are exploring because the idea is that um, the most important thing about yourself. So, that what you really need. Um, to survive um, is preserving the information in your brain. So if you can save that in information, because you have to imagine that like, um, our brain is a bit like a computer. So when you have a computer and um, um, the computer breaks, but you can save all the data in, in, in your computer because you have um uploaded and uh, like a backup um version of all the data, all your files, everything <coughs> that's not really a huge problem because you can take a new computer, transfer the data, and you have a computer that for intents and purposes is identical to the one you had um, and the same uh, probably applies to to human to human beings, so if we can save all the information in the brain and um and then transfer that information to a new medium which could be a new uh, a new body and brain or the uploaded um program the uploaded brain um then you haven't really lost what makes you you and then you haven't uh, really died um so that's that that's why it's so important for people who believe that cryonics will work um that they preserve the information in the brain and only the brain, and all the other parts of the body are not are not that relevant <clears throat> because you're not going to do much with you can't really say, "Oh, I survived this accident if um your brain is dead, but you know still all all your organs are still working pretty well, so we know that from from experience already, so saving the brain is the main is the main goal, and in particular the information in the brain because the brain as gray matters itself can also be replaced, but the information stored in it,
0: that's the most precious thing we, yeah. we have or we are in a sense. That's, that's a, a really good point. Well, it's a really fascinating topic. Thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Thank you so much for having me. And I've been speaking with Dr. Francesca Manalfa about is it immoral to be immortal that's all we have time for today hope you've enjoyed the program